0: Swellions, this episode of Blitz is brought to you by Ocean and Earth. O&E, the official hardware and accessories partner of the Swellins. Surf hats, board bags, tail pads, ponchos, leggies, repair kits, storage, MR soft tops. Mate, it's the biggest selection of accessories out there designed to keep your surf stoke happening. Uh, it's Australian owned. Primo gear built to last and it's been around since 1979 when Brian... Deco Cregan first decided that surfing for life was a pretty fucking good lark. And uh, how can you not back that in? Uh, One of the OG trailblazers is uh, Cregan. Still churning out the surf-stoked prod. Get on it now. OceanandEarth.com.au. Buff yourself out. Competition surfing. Rashes.
1: Ain't That Swell presents Pure Tour
0: Nerdism.
1: Yes, welcome to Blitzed Pure Tour Nerdism here from the spiritual home of Ain't That Swell, the Halieva car park, or sorry, the McDonald's car park at Halieva, where I am surrounded by live chickens and various humans uh, on their way to developing diabetes. Vaughn, there's nowhere I'd rather be. Oh, in the islands, brass! Maybe in the islands. How yeah, good! So good. Bludging some free internet gear, uh, camping in a pretty nice tent at Cole Christensen's. And, uh, mate, I had the absolute pleasure of walking over the sand and walking straight into the women's semi final at the Pipe Masters, Molly Picklem, and uh. Betty Lou Cura Johnson just going blow for blow in one of the all-time great women's heats. And I'll tell you, Vaughan, one thing that did not come across on the podcast uh, on the broadcast was how heavy the conditions were that day. It looked so dreamy on the broadcast. My first impression of the lineup that day was that, you know, I walked over the dunes. It was the water was a, a bluish black tinge with a stiff offshore and mm. the noise of detonating kegs was so intimidating uh, that I thought, oh, th- this is potentially beyond where women surfing is at. Uh, this was before I saw a wave caught. There were long lulls and then just the most perfect, hollow, deathly first reef kegs weren't hitting second. They were just coming in, all the energy unloading on first reef. Full-on six- to eight-foot cones of mortal quince. And, uh, yeah, just the noise of the detonating kegs was so intimidating, and it told you everything you needed to know about the G-forces at play. Uh, I'm just going to stick with the Australian size scale here because calling that final day six-foot does not do it justice. Mm. They have twice the volume of water and energy as a six-foot East Coast Australian wave, and that needs to be understood properly to acknowledge what went down. Five out of five on the chat rating, Vaughn. S for skits, H for mad, A for... Are you kidding me? T for torture. Huge props to the Wazzle and whoever the forecast Shaman was because they picked the absolute eyes out of this. And uh, it went right down to the wire. Last day of the waiting period. And the guy, I've forgotten his name, but he held his nerve like Molly Pickle eyeing off an eight-foot onshore backdoor nougat. Well-played forecast Shaman. Well-played Wazzle. Well-played females. And uh, well played the men because they really held their own too.
0: Mm, that'll be controversial. I think it's maybe a five out of five on the chat rating, just just based on uh, a lot of the noise that was coming out of the Lexus pipe pro, uh, namely the, the biggest day of the uh, entire waiting period, getting the no-go, getting the red light, getting the big old stiff finger into the bucket the corn, if you will, when, uh, you know, the big, big day just didn't get a look in and, I'd love to get your take on this now that you're you're over there and sort of, you know, in, in the, the what, the feel, the mist, in the glory of uh, what's transpired there. One of the all-time great days, as you say, for women surfing in particular. But is there any sour grapes about that big day getting missed? Is, is anyone sort of huffing and puffing and stomping their feet and, uh, you know, just... Walking around with a a rank look on their face. I mean, um, geez, Jack Robbo, for example, uh, stitched up in this sort of like crossy hard, like beach break sort of, I don't know, like just just garbage, really. Uh, in, in his heat, and and that day was really just a fucking crapshoot, man. And um, yeah, I can't remember if that was before or after the big day now, but uh, I know that you know Baron Mamiya was was pretty vocal before he made the final that he would have liked to have surfed on that big day. Did you come across any sour grapes, bro? Is anyone sucking on lemons over there? Or is it just one of those things where if you weren't there, you just don't know, bro.
1: Mate, you're dead right. I was actually on the plane when that day went down. I missed the whole fucking day. Didn't watch a heat of that day. Uh, So I was in transit. So yeah, let's rescind it to a 4.5. I got carried away in the emotion of that final day and what went down. Um, that (laughs) That was a huge missed opportunity. Uh, I can see the logic there. I, I believe they were so deep into the men's draw and, and had run hardly any women's heats by that point. Is that right? Yeah. They would have They would have risked finishing the men's event without being, I don't know, like a, a halfway or a, a quarter of the way through the, the women's event.
0: That's right. Yeah, no, you're dead right.
1: So I, I guess that's why it happened. That's not really an excuse, though. This idea of having to have dual finals days, like, where, you know, men's and women are on the same day uh, hoisting the trophy, that's just fucking stupid. Like, it it doesn't need to be like that. We're not tennis.
0: No, and we're not 10 years old either. Like, we we don't need to make excuses. Like, the sport can can make the call. But the other missed opportunity, man, is that, like, fuck, if they'd thrown the women out there, like – Fuck, mate. Who's to say that Molly and Betty Lou and fucking Katie wouldn't have sent it? Like, that's the only real kind of tinge of disappointment is like they got they got it ripped out of their hands, man. Like what they did on that final day, and we'll go into that in depth, but they proved that they were, they're not out there just dealing with it or surviving it. Like they're fucking gibbing it, Smithy. They're gibbing it, mate. And uh, you know, to say to for, to to just sort of like deny them the opportunity yet again, uh, it just holds it back, man. And like, we, we know that there's no need to do that anymore. They've stepped up. Katie Simmons said it best, mate. Pipeline for fucking girls. Like, bro, like just, just send them out. I mean, even if, and I I saw through the, uh, through the socials, you know, Jake Patterson kind of defending the was, he's a uh, full-time back on tour now, the coach snake lips from uh, WA, the great pipe master himself, and he was saying, you know, it was like one wave every forty minutes. But man, one wave every forty minutes can change the world, mate. Like fucking send them out. I I feel like, a as you say, missed opportunity there. Not just for the men, but for the women too.
1: Uh, I, I think it's I think it's unrealistic for the women to surf in conditions like that. They were barely capable uh, on the finals day. Um, so anything bigger than that, I, th- I think that was kind of maxed out. Uh, and full credit to them they they, they put on a, a courageous display which we'll get into in some detail but for mine they're not at the level where they can surf anything bigger than that it it would just be uh a, a waste of time and and money and attention i guess like it's, it's yeah it just is what it is
0: well the way it panned out it, it just it couldn't have panned out any better so i mean you know we've got to the end of it there's so many fucking good stories coming out of this comp, man. Let, let's rip it in. Let's go. I, I actually gave it a 4.5 as well, Smithy, on the chat rating uh, that last day. Uh, and there were many moments where I was sitting uh, in my car. I was sort of watching it uh, as I was whipping around, doing different things. It was, it, don't worry, mate. I had the hands free on, so uh, no danger to anyone. But, jeez, I let out some hoots and screams, bro. Might have even let out a couple little goat pebbles. When I saw Molly pack that 10. Oh man, the goat pebbles were raining off me seat and on into the uh into the wheel hub, mate.
1: Amazing. All right. Well, best wave. Uh, there's three obvious contenders here. Let, let's look at the tens first. Barron and me are in the final against uh, you know, arguably the greatest pipe surfer of all time, John John Florence. Uh, and he goes back to back with the toehead Wundikind in one of the better exchanges you'll ever see. John on the first wave of the set. Lots of west in these ones, it looked like to me, you know, meaning the, it's pushing across the reef at pipe, forcing it to drop in under the lip as opposed to an easy entry where the wave bends and, and comes at you in that kind of horseshoe shape where it goes really square. These drops were so technical. John knifes his drop, parks it, gets blown out. Offers a little claim, a little show of emotion. Might have just been some showmanship to get the judge's attention, but it mattered not because Baron was up next. Bigger and thicker. This thing just freight trains down the reef as he falls out of the sky and jams a firm, honest line into the guts of this thing, packs a huge, ugly, collapsing section. The thing explodes, appearing to trap him inside, blows its guts out. Then there's the second gust of the most condensed, pure guy and jizz, and he just gets <laughs> gassed into the channel. Perfect 10. I'm not going to argue I'd completely written him off as that thing detonated. We were looking at it uh, kind of more from the backdoor side, so it just looked like an absolute explosion of foam and limbs. Uh, he just seemed too deep, and, and the sheer chaos and energy that wave seemed to consuming, consuming. I'm baffled how he managed to make it through that big exploding section. What a freak! What a force of nature is out there. What did you make of that wave?
0: Oh man, I I just let rip the biggest. Get fucked. God, I, just, I just could not believe that he somehow threaded that Chambersmith. And, uh, you know, he said it himself. He couldn't believe it. Um, that's – how many orbs has that guy ridden out there and how many has he thought, nah, I'm done and, and made it? You probably count him on one hand. I mean, he's probably surprised himself as a lot of those guys do from time to time. But, gee whiz, man. And, you know, I just – what I love about Mamiya in this final is you just sensed it, man. You sensed he was going, all right, I've got John. Fair enough. I'm the, the... you're not just overcoming an opponent in this situation, you're overcoming a force. Like you're overcoming this fucking like, oh God, like Shaolin challenge, man, where you've got to step up, not just in ability, but in spirituality to to tap. And bring the mongrel to someone who is so in tune. Because John John was surfer of the event in terms of just really looking challenged. I know he had a buzzy buzzer beater there at, at one point. But, jeez, he looked nice out there, Smivy. Classic John John of old, as we spoke about in the Blitz pipe warm-up. You know, haven't seen a lot of it. And he just looked for all money like the guy who was going to be walking away with that trophy. But, Mamiya, he just stood up. He said, no, you fucking don't, JJF. Double John. Pack this double chamber. I'm coming after you. And kind of like, how's how it just, as we've seen, when John John actually does get forced into a corner sometimes, geez, his game plan sort of just slips. And didn't he look nervous in the tail end of that final? Sort of like three falls in a row. That never happens, man. Full credit to Mamiya for applying the blowtorch to the neck bit.
1: And if you've seen his Snap Four or Snap Five section, it's no secret that he is jousting for the crown of Pipe King. Like he has a handful of the most psychotic pipeline and backdoor chambers ever ridden. Uh, so he's a full sleeper for that crown that, that John John's holding on to at the moment. I guess. I mean, debatable after this event. Maybe he is the fucking the new champ, the fresh prince of the pipeline.
0: Ooh, huge call, but uh, you could be right. And don't forget, mate, he's also sitting on a sunset win. Uh, he's two CTs. Like fuck, he's a Ryan, he's a wine royalty from now on. Like the the days of Mamiya being. You know the guy who who had a lucky run through a comp and and stood on the stage there at sunset and and qualified for the CT when that was a thing. Um, you know, I think that that came with uh, I heard it many times throughout the broadcast. You know, it came with this sort of like imposter syndrome of him not knowing whether he deserved to be there. But a win at Pipeline, a win at Sunset, like you you you're rubbing shoulders with the gods, mate. You're you're in the elite company there. And you know that he'll be hitting sunset uh, as, yeah, the new crown prince of the Pippa and a former champ at one of the most difficult waves to read on the tour, if not, you know, on the planet. Jeez, he's going to be a a bolter for this top five now.
1: Absolutely. Moving down the list, uh, Molly's 10, cometh the hour, cometh the North Shelly Cone, Queen, holy shit, What a heat it was with Betty Lou, but more on that in a second. Uh, The wave itself, look, you know, up against a local, she needed something special, and the competitive firebrand grit merchant delivered plus some rinsed corn, full send on a big, clean, terrifying pipe set, every bit of eight feet on the drop, pulls a long grab rail descent, keeps her nerve through the long drop, uh, avoids, you know, straightening out and just getting decapitated. Manages to bury the rail and get a line honest enough to sneak under the cannoning lip line with just enough drive as this thing cannons across the reef. She's super deep in a big pit, blown out. Every judge gave it a 10. Bar one and dropped a 9-7 on it. Thoughts on that feat of you are certainly uh. corn.
0: Yeah, this was this was where we kind of started to head into a, a, a new generation. I mean, the fucking queens are dead. Long live the new queen, Smithy. It's it's you know, Stefan Riss basically got hit on the ass by the saloon doors as they were walking out of the building. No ceremony, no pomp, and uh, here they come. And it's a line in the sand, man. Like that, there's there's pre this semi-final and post this semi-final for women surfing in waves of Kona Quince, I reckon. This is where the seismic shift went down, man. And Molly's 10 is the most at it, fucking chewed out, like I want it, fucking ride right in women's surfing I've seen, especially backside at pipe or backdoor. Like There has never been a backhand wave like this one. If there has been, man, in free surfs and stuff and all due respect to the trailblazers who who have been uh, you know pushing the limits out there for years. But in competition, eyes of the world on her, back against the wall in a heat, fucking set stands up, loads up, and where's the pickle? She's fucking got that fucking tortilla, mate. She shoved it full of fucking clam. She shoved it full of corn. She shoved it full of guac, and she's just spacked that smithy. I don't know. I don't know what to say, mate. I, I, to me... That was like tears in my eyes kind of moment. Tears in my eyes, man. Just the fucking full burrito. Uh, astonishing, remarkable, prophecy fulfilling ten point ride that that women surfing I think has ever seen. And uh, the Margot Aberg's, the Real Suns, the Pauline Menses, the Jody Coopers, the Lane Beachleys of this world, mate. They're just they're shaking their heads, going, "Well, where the fuck was this? Where, where was our opportunity?" all these years ago because we know that they packed it at sunset back in the day, mate, but fuck. So yeah, you know, I I think the, uh, the legends of the past would be feeling validated and very happy with this wave of Molly's. And I think it's, it will usher in a new era of full blown corn rinse, clam rinse, call it what you will. The women are going at it now, Smith.
1: Yeah. And it was nice of Molly to immediately acknowledge the, uh, you know, the, the shoulder's, uh, of the Giants that she stands on, you know, Rochelle Ballard, obviously, in that conversation. And, uh, you know, man, look, it, it's it's the product of time spent keeping vigil over Pipeline. She mentioned that as well, you know, eating lunch, watching it, brushing her teeth, watching Pipe. Uh, I'm not sure if the, the shitter has a view of Pipe as well, but uh, maybe you have some intel on that. Snapping one while watching Pipe, you know, she just didn't <laughs> take her off it, Bond. And uh, full credit to her. Funnily enough, that wasn't my best wave, though. Uh, It was actually Molly's 9.27 in the final for a full-blown backdoor death trap. Uh, Watching this thing live, I had my heart in my throat. I was terrified. Uh, In terms of technical difficulty and sheer egg jam, I thought it was the best wave of the event, men's or women's. Uh, the wind had come up for that semi, uh, that final. Sorry, and it'd come up pretty strong out of the south. Uh, it'd come up during the John and Ian Gentile semi, mm. but both of them pretty much called it quits once John had it wrapped with a couple of solid scores. It was just nasty out there. Uh, the onshore had tried this kind of texture on the face and these big chandeliers. Next minute, the women's final's on with these two lithe grommets staring at chandeliering eight-foot backdoor tunnels of doom. The thing that gets me is, like, to commit to a wave of that size with chatter on the face and chandeliers in the pit, like, you're taking off not knowing whether the thing is just going to drop a massive chunk of water straight onto your head and drive you straight into the reef. Like, that's out of hand. That, that level of commitment and, and courage, uh, you, you're essentially knifing into a total unknown situation that you've got no control over, and that's what she did. She knifed the drop, bobbled on a bit of a bump on the descent, full-on hard in mouth stuff before finding a rail and, and a line into a huge section with enough conviction to overcome a sketchy chandelier and get the make. One of the most courageous waves I've ever seen. Wow. Shocking and ball. I could not believe what I was seeing.
0: Now nah, and what was the energy like on the beach for that to me, Because like I was as I say, you know, by this stage, I was just sitting in my car watching it <laughs> alone. Screaming, bro! Like I was fucking screaming when I saw these waves in the final. I just couldn't believe it. Like, did did you sense that you were in the midst of this sort of game changing moment?
1: We were screaming. I just let out the biggest. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were just freaking out, like proper, just grand final energy, like fucking. JT sealing on the the buzzer for the Cowboys, like we were just going ballistic, you know, like you know, and the emotions just completely overwhelm your impulse control, and you're just a screaming banshee on the shore break. And you know, it's the pipe masters, so there's a trillion tourists who are there for the show, but not much skin in the game. So we were causing a bit of a scene, let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, you know, bumped into Molly and and Michael on the way up straight after the heat. And, you know, her coach, Michael, was just gobsmacked. he couldn't believe what he just watched. And, yeah, it, it was hard. It was, you know, hard to cop that she didn't win that final. Uh, I felt like she was the better surfer across the event. But, yeah, it just that doesn't work out that way. You know, couldn't find a a decent backup. Ha- had the, the most memorable wave of that final. Um, that's you know, taking nothing away from Caitlin Simmons. But man, for mine, Molly was the MVP of this event. Yeah, and man. got the way of the event.
0: And, and I guess like, you know, <laughs> Molly, you know, yet to get a win over over Katie Simmons is is just uh it's geez, it builds up for just the most all-time narrative if these two are going to be going at it all the way to the final five at the end of the year. But the big story now, now that they've packed it. Is uh, the Olympics, mate? Chopes. Both women will be representing their countries over there. And you just know that if they've got each other in any way, shape, or form, like the fucking, you know, the reins are off, bro. Like they're going to be bolting horses, just trying to shovel themselves, you know, under the lip and down the face at Chopes. So, what a, what a moment, man. I, I'm just, I'm actually, you know, you say micro's gobsmacked. I'm still just so blown out. I am I feel as blown out as some of those waves they got spat out of just proper, proper admiration and froth and stoke for what these women have done, particularly uh, the timing of it, you know, like just uh, with Steph and Ris moving on, it, it, it almost felt like, fuck, are we going to be looking at sort of like a, a tour where the stars are, a bit thin on the ground well nah it's it's on mate like it is on for fucking young and old and especially for young because this generation is ready to, to flex
1: mate just on that they couldn't have departed a second too soon carissa and steph because surfing just went to a place that they are not capable of reaching and mm. that's no disrespect to them but their skill set is not up to the standard of what we saw on that final day uh you know these chicks go left, they go right, and they fucking send it, man. And uh, that's just not something we've seen from, from either of those. Uh, you know, despite, what what is it, 13 world titles between them, I, I can't remember seeing either of them go backside in, in a wave of any serious consequence. mean, mm. uh, Carissa, you know, she's had a couple of nugs, I guess, at, at backdoor. But, mate, we've just ended a, a golden age of, Female professional surfing and it happened, seemed to happen very quickly. The changing of the guard couldn't have been more stark. Fuck, dude. How's
0: um, how's Smithy? Just the poetry of it, though, because this this um wave of young women who have been on the radar since they were about eight, nine, ten years old. You know, they've been around for a while. Like, it's just sort of amazing that yeah, the. the dignity is it dignity is it just like I, I know that it might not have been even conscious for uh steph and Riss. like it, they might not have been fearing this next generation they could genuinely have just been going fuck i've been doing this a long time i'm just losing that little bit of froth i'm sure the hunger of the of the generation beneath them has been sort of like playing on their minds but for these young women to come out at this moment and just make that sort of statement far out it's it's just perfect timing on behalf of everyone really Amazing. Oh, man,
1: yeah, you're right. It is. It's cosmic, divine timing. Uh, just before we, we get into some of the other segments, I just want to rip through the day one highlights because it was, uh, you know, basically the best day of surfing since the Pipe Masters two years ago. Mm.
2: Um,
1: And, yeah, it was fucking firing. And there was heaters across the board, Callum Robson's buzzer beater. <laughs> and his in the round of 32, you know, Seth, a former runner-up to the GOAT. Uh, he's at his home break and the Evans head bomber scalps him on the buzzer. Huge <laughs> drop that. Uh, yeah, he's just so deep and the thing just cannon downs the line without him, spits, kind of spits again. And then the foam ball just pushes through. And there he is, the GAC leading the way to victory. Fuck, he was good in this event, rinsed corn. Oh. Got a huge white nugget in round one with as severe a blowout as you'll ever see pulled this crazy no-hands pump that gave him just enough power and control to manhandle a sketchy rib as the wave kind of kinked and re-angled before getting blown into another dimension. And Vaughn, when when you consider the 10 Callum got at Panish last year, you know, basically the best beach break barrel of all time, I'm calling, he's fully entered the conversation as one of the best tube riders on tour right now. Mm.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I, uh, I totally agree. He's just like the working man's hero, eh? He's like working class. He just fucking gets it done. High Vs, hard hat, Bonsoy fucking tripping out of his armpits. And he does it for the fucking Australians, mate. What's true grit? If you're wrapped in cotton wool from the age of six, have you got true grit? If you're loaded with coin, given stickers and shit, have you got True grit. True, true grit. grit. It's dirt in your crack, sweat on your sack when you're breaking your back. It's diesel and dust and doing what you must to get fair up at. Well, true grit is the shit that you get when you're not scared to put in the yards for it. Well, come on, cow robbo, you're made of the truest grit. You creased little Gabby Medina with a classic woodburn hit. Your backpack can is diesel, you got concrete. Aussie battler with true grid in your nuts.
1: Mate, a working class hero of a soy milk sponsor. How times have (laughs) changed. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, you know, people just adore him for that. He's no feels, no one backs him, and he just loves being in that position. He's the perennial underdog. And you just see, like, the energy and the, the respect he's generated for himself off the back of his work ethic, uh, the way he conducts himself, you know, polite, humble, hardworking. It's the kind of athlete everyone can get behind. But you know, that's a that's a, a, an ethic that carries on across that whole generation of Australian surfers. The way they conduct themselves, man, it's they, they're doing as proud on the world stage. They're not putting noses out of joint like a few others on tour, which we'll get to in a second. Bit of drama over here in the islands, bruh. Rinsed corn, uh, but yeah. Just moving down through some of the other day one highlights. The Colapinto brothers, really special moment for them on day one. Big bro gets a buzzer beater victory right as Crosby is paddling out. Crosby is literally looking into the tube at him as he rides to victory. Then Crosby takes down Medina in his first ever World Tour heat. Incredible. Wild. or was that the, sorry, maybe it was his, his second, maybe it was the, the uh, round of 32 anyway. Uh, uh, like, yeah, just a, a great performance by the, the Cola Pinto brothers. And as an aside, I ended up binging a few episodes of, of the Cola brothers uh, YouTube channel, which looked at that tense qualification process for a lot of these two percenters at, at the end of last season. Mm. And it gave such an interesting insight into how tight these guys are and, and how hard they're ripping in and how much this. Team dynamic is fed into their success on the Challenger Series. Uh, remains to be seen how they're going to go on the world tour, but you know, Crosby's gotten them off to a, a really solid start. But, yeah, fascinating stuff, man. They're a bit of a sleeping giant. Uh, they're, they're not really – you know, the 2 percenters. yeah, we know them as this kind of YouTube phenomenon. They've got this channel and, and saying bits and bobs, but the intensity of their work ethic and their training schedules and their support for each other – was was full on like and and the way they celebrate together yeah it, it was like and they they're all from the same fucking beach like when was the last time that happened it's not just the same region almost all of these guys are from San Clemente
0: yeah man I, I find it insanely like fascinating how how much it's working you know like it's one thing to get into all that uh self-work you know like getting into the 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 breathing, the meditation, trying to find uh, the ways and means to bring out the best in your own performance. But the community that they have built around uh, the 2% is just fully insane. It's got elders, which you need as well. Like uh, you've, you've got to have all those ingredients, man. And the crazy thing is the success is fucking there for all to see, man. Like Jet Schilling just won the junior world title. He's another one of those kids. So yeah i mean it doesn't surprise me but but it's so special that they get to like experience this together as brothers as well you know that just ramps up that that whole connection and community just just that little bit more of that ratchet to uh you know perform above and beyond because you want to stoke out something someone other than yourself like if you're seven for anything bigger than just your own ambition you're fucking you're gonna get results somewhere down the line man that's that's what's happening with Cowley's. You know, we've seen him give prize money away to flood victims. Like, fuck, mate. He's always got a a kind of a one eye on who he's doing it for outside of just his own ambition.
1: And that's a guy without a major sponsor giving money away. It's remarkable. Uh, And interesting to know, you know, Crosby, you talk about the meditation and that the the kind of uh, the wellness push. Well, (laughs) You know, Crosby's yet to really uh, take that route. It, it, what I learned from watching these films is that he's kind of this Wardo archie style booze hound, uh, to Griffin mindfulness, like super locked in, disciplined, uh, emotionally mature approach. A bit worrying at times almost how much piss young Cros was putting away, because we know how that story ends rinsed corn. Mm. So hopefully the phase. Uh, Connor O'Leary. Our best uh making the semis. We watched that heat live and fire out. Had he made that first squared-out pipe nugat, it could have been a different story. That the pressure would have been on Baron. Uh, it was a really interesting wave. It was as big and thick and perfect a pipe chamber as you can imagine. Looked like he kind of stood tall and and uh you know thought that as it squared out, like, he could just kind of stand tall and, and and really soak up the tube time rather than pumping and, and making sure of it. And uh, he didn't make the tube. And I spoke to him just after, and he said he was looking for eights, not fives, hence why he wasn't in a hurry to get on the gas and, and make that pit. But I feel like had he made that pit in any fashion, the size and girth of it would have guaranteed an excellent score. Uh, but, mate, you know, it's a game of inches elite surfing and he came up just short on that one mm. Baron got the jump on a knifed uh, one shortly after into the trough from super deep tried to hit the gas as he reached the bottom and just went straight over the handlebars in the worst spot imaginable thank God he was okay his mum was there watching on the beach we uh you know said good day to her after and congratulated her she's a fucking queen what a classic yeah. but epic result uh, and start to the year for O'Leary zebra.
0: Third in the world, bruh. Third in the world on the rankings. That's got to be a career high. I I don't think he's been higher than that. And just so good, man. I I had to listen to our our pipe preview show uh, just before we we jumped on for this. And a few few good calls in there, Smitty. I think uh, Connor, you know, uh, has has kicked off the year in a fashion that he would desperately be just probably relieved about, but also like, definitely determined to get, you know, like he's had a few slow starts and put himself under pressure at times. And so just to see him get this far was awesome. Um, uh, you know, obviously uh, a couple of choices we made. Uh, well, we, we missed Katie. We missed her. We, we kind of thought that the swell, if it was bombing wouldn't suit her just, just yet proved us wrong there. Smith. Whoo!
1: <laughs> but, uh, wow. but that, that was all- my biggest surprise. Yeah, all
0: in all, I think we kind of got uh, – we kind of got about 50-50 with our calls, you know. Uh, we thought Chippo – I think I called Chippo and Jack Robbo uh, in a major semi with a Chippo-Medina final. So I was well off with that that call. But, fuck, I still enjoyed Chippo's performance, you know. He, he got in there. He, he got gritty. He uh, almost had it, if not for a Yago, you know, buzzer beater. And just lessons – little lessons learned there. Just a little bit of too much froth perhaps. From cheap on those uh those nice clean days, but lots of good signs from the Aussies made. I, I know that we didn't get too deep into the draw and we did, we didn't get a W, but I, I thought there was lots to like there.
1: Mm, absolutely, yeah. Well, we had no eliminations in uh, round two; everyone got through, so that's promising. I mean, look at that—you just don't get Australian pros who aren't elite in the cone zone and whoever fumbled in uh, the first round—they weren't going to fumble twice. In- quality condition. So that oh. was satisfying to see. Uh, best wipeout, Vaughn. I had to throw this in there. Cade Mattson getting us underway with the first <laughs> sacrificial send of the season. Tried yeah. to get the knife in on an eight-foot backdoor nug. Wasn't under it, though, and basically ended up knifing into the lip. The worst possible scenario at backdoor. Backwards, head first, from the top turnbuckle. All that was missing was Mankind laying on a bodgy card table in centre ring beneath him. Shades of Ric Flair in the Royal Rumble, circa 97. (laughs) Great
0: start to the year, Spivy, wasn't it? How good (laughs) to turn up, event one, and just see Cunts launching it from the top, face first into the bottom, like... Yeah, I don't know. It felt like we were in for a good one. I I thought that was a horrific wipeout. You're always frothing when, you know, the head bobs up and they just get back out there and pack another one. So good stuff. But yeah, hey, mate, just, look. Yeah, just, sorry.
1: just on that quickly. Uh, look, I just wanted to uh, drop a bit of breaking news because it's been a baptism of fire for the uh, the 2% rookie, Cade Mattson. Word on the street is he transgressed badly at sunset during a warm-up surf in the past Ooh. couple of burned a local former pro and noted firebrand who's fully got him, have heard reports there was a slap or a crack, as it's known over here, involved, unconfirmed at this stage. But stay tuned, Swillians. You know how much Smitty loves a good slap in the islands, bruh. Oh, what is. Wow. Uh, not start to his rookie year for the two percenter. Oh, that's huge. That's two massive fucking
0: encounters with Hawaiian heaviness in the first, what, month he's been there? Oh, maybe pump the brakes a bit, brah.
1: Mate, seriously, it's actually unsurprising given the way some of these American kids get around over here. It is fucking wild. Look, I don't want to generalize too much, but fuck me, we've suffered some shameless snaking, some etiquette abominations and general wave piggery in our very short time here, like, what, two and a half, three days, courtesy of some squeaky clean Southern Californian girls and boys and it's just been really hard to make sense of other than like, I don't know, maybe that's the way they're, they're taught to behave in the kook riddled clusterfuck. Mm. Southern California. But, uh, don't fly in these islands, bruh. Oh, on our island, and I don't know the lay of the land well enough to staunch one of these little grubs, but you can be sure I'll be waiting for you when you come down under for the Australian <laughs> leg. You sure. You peel those stickers off your beak. If you see City in the lineup, cause I'm coming straight for you. Otherwise, <laughs>
0: Oh, okay. Just pump them brakes on. You don't need any more trouble. Just uh, focus on the heats, kid.
1: Yeah, this is more the pro juniors. There's a lot of sponodes sticking yep. up, torturous little groms here. And just, you know, you don't see Australian kids getting around like that over here, nor anywhere nah. really. Best heat for no no brainer for mine. The Betty Lou versus Molly Picklam semi final, a groundbreaking moment for women's surfing. As mentioned, two grommets trading massive slabbing pipeline cones. No chip ins. Not too many easy ones, you know, a couple, a couple of clean backdoor ones, but uh, just a, a lot of really technical under lip knives uh, on the pipeline lefts. Uh, yeah, Molly, just a, a quick recount of it. If you didn't get to see it, Molly gets her feet in the wax early with, uh, with a 5-3-3, a, hand, you know, a handy backup if she needs it for a, a dreamy pipeline pocket ride. Betty Lou strikes back and applies some serious pressure with a 7 for a clean backdoor drainer. She keeps the pressure on, compiling some solid backup scores—a five-eight-seven, a five-six-seven. Five, then blammo, the pickle drops the ace, a perfect ten. Backs it up with a five-six for a pretty shallow but perfect pipe pit, uh, and that's basically where her, her, her combined total stays. They just go on blow for blow at this mm. point. Nothing too, much, not super deep, but it's consequential and it's cooking. And I'm telling you, when you were on the beach. It had an air of heaviness to it that was completely lost on the broadcast. Like, as a guy who spends a lot of time around these kinds of waves, uh, I was very intimidated by what I was saying and hearing. Uh, then it got really interesting, Vaughn. I'd love to get your take on this. On the buzzer, uh, uh, Betty Lou needs, a, what was it, a, an, an 861, I think. Uh, she gets a big pipe uh, pit, there's a bit of warble in it. She nearly loses the rail. Watching it live, it was pretty terrifying. You, you thought she was going to go over the handlebars over her, her uh toe side rail and just face plant right in that rock that broke big pelvis. Mm. But she uh, holds on it, gets a pretty deep tube, needed an 861, got an 8.3. And I'm calling she was robbed blind. Like, watching it live, there was no doubt in my mind that that was a nine. Laura Enova was calling a nine. Uh, Yeah, like, uh, Felicity Palmatia was calling it just under. So, I didn't see the full spread of scores. I imagine some judges gave it to her and others didn't. But watching it live, it just seemed like it had to be the score. It was such a heavy drop under the lip. Knifed it. It's really weird though, like where the judges tower is situated, they're looking into the tube at pipe. Where we're situated, we're kind of more on the backdoor side and a bit more front on with the takeoff. And uh, those perspectives make all the difference. Um so yeah, what do what do you reckon? You reckon she got the score?
0: Uh it's a good well, you bring up a good point there. I remember sitting on the beach with uh when Jake Pato won the the Pipe Masters against Bruce Irons in ninety eight. And uh, even around then, you know, uh, people were onto the fact that GOAT had been sort of using that angle for years to sort of stall on sections that may not have had as much conequence or whatever to get, you know, that appearance of these super deep rides. Because the judges are looking across at a bit harder to fake now with the, the multiple camera angles, looking at every wave, every which way but loose. But in the initial moment, when you're dead set looking straight into it, yeah, I reckon it's a lot harder to get a, a scoring wave or a score that you need at Pipeline. Um, in saying that, if I'm just going to put on me me red, white, and blue, green, and gold bucket hat here and and pull me, you know, coaster out with its little boxing kangaroo and wave the flags, maybe like fuck the big difference. And this is going to be fuck marginal uh, and nitpicky. It could have gone either way, and you wouldn't have been upset, but. The, the little inch of difference that I gave it to Molly over was because she just went it so hard. Like I've watched that wave of, of Betty lose a few times and there's a bit of that hanging on for grim life and God, she does everything so well and she's fucking packed it full props, but I just lack the attack that Molly had on the a. So I know you can't give her more scores than what she got. And yeah, her backup was just a mid range five, but that attack, that, that, Unbridled fucking attack that she had was worth the win in my view. So, yeah, no great loss for me. But as you say, mate, I wasn't standing on the beach, and it does take on a whole different scale—the fear, the fucking commitment, what you need yeah. to get done to make a wave out there. But on the broadcast, you know, the, the way that Molly positioned her body to fucking slow down at the base of that way of that ten, and then accelerate through it, come out with a spit, arms akimbo. Oh, I'll, I'll just gobble that up forever, man.
1: Nah, fair enough, Vaughan. Uh Moving on to the biggest melt. Look, no prizes for guessing. Or oh, no. Probably the biggest no. story that's come out of this event other than the, uh, the, I mean, it's equal in gravitas to what the women pulled off here. But, in know, in pulling in the other direction, the puckered cornhole, better known as the smelly asterisk, has smeared itself all over Philippe Toledo and his two world titles rinsed corn might be the biggest and most telling melt of the modern era. Look, when the two-time reigning world champion cannot get over a combined total of 0.5 on an all-time, and let's be real, almost playful at times day at Pipeline, you really have to start questioning how this guy was allowed to be crowned world champion at all. Like, I'm not here to throw shade at Fleet Toledo. He's a a beautiful human, a beautiful father, a beautiful family man. He's come through the depths of depression to claim two world titles. But, man, like how how, without any kind of proficiency in ways of consequence can you win a world title in surfing in this modern era? I, I look back through all the previous champs. Uh, you know, Mick Fanning's a good example. The guy sucked in heating left pits. Chope's pipe, super average. He went and applied himself, spent like a month at Chope's to wrap his head around that joint uh, and ended up winning multiple world titles on the back of performances in heavy water, heavy Pacific water. Uh, you know, someone like Adriano D'Souza springs to mind. Same deal. Couldn't get a result in, in heaving Pacific pits Went and did a stint at uh, at Chope, similar to Mick. Uh, Kind of borrowed straight out of his handbook. You know, went to Jamie O'Brien, cap in hand in Hawaii. Asked the great master for some help, uh, uh, full of humility. And, uh, yeah, you know, like there's many more examples. Italo Ferreira is another one. Uh, You know, came to Pipeline, engaged in probably... Like really one of the great all-time showdowns with the, the great pipe magician, Gabriel mm. Medina, uh, you know, had Dorian in his corner. Again, did like a month-long stint or something in the lead-up at pipe, overcame a, a heavy rib injury in the event, had to don that impact suit, um, surf injured, got the win. What a win it was. Mm. And just all of these things, like, to me, that's what, what this level of surfing demands, to be, to be crowned, a world champ. It takes. It should take grit, courage, pain, determination, and the conquering of demons and demonic cones. And to think Phil was in line this year to win three straight and pull up alongside the the late great Andy Irons, arguably the greatest call lord cone fiend hellman of all time. It makes my stomach turn, mm. and it, it just makes me think that this WSL final five. Uh, scheme saga format system whatever you want to call it it's just been a massive disservice to professional surfing it's been a glitchy couple of years and it's allowed a surfer to get to the top of the game with a skill set in waves of consequence that is worse than your average plumber or concreter on the east coast or southern coast of australia like it's wild and I'll, after his pipe performance form, I went back and I watched a, flu, a few of his heats at Chopes and what I noticed is, you know, and I see this in David Silver as well, like they're just a couple of guys who have no experience in heavy water and they're just simply not willing to put themselves behind a thick lump of water and knife it under that slab, like they don't have it in them, they don't have, and if you haven't experienced that, you're not going to be able to do that and it's as simple as that, they just don't have time in the brine and these kinds of conditions they don't have these kinds of waves in brazil uh, or in the parts of brazil that they're from and they're just so wholly lacking in this department it's it's bizarre for an australian to watch this and to see the kind of surfing that we see go down on a on a swell by swell basis on all corners of our globe by people who are working full-time jobs for a living the fact that a guy can win two world titles um, and 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 be as bad as that in in conditions like that. It's stupefying, Vaughn. It just speaks to mm. some system failure.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy's skill set is without peer. Like uh, on a surfboard, uh, the way he understands waves and di- the you know body dynamics and where he has to be and what he has to do. Like fuck this, this few better. And yet he won't put in the work to apply that skill to that next step up in wave size, which is, look, man, as you say, Smith, like that I do have sympathy and empathy for someone who feels, you know, not strong uh, emotionally or, or, you know, has some mental, uh, I don't know, discomfort in their lives that we don't really know about, but this is the job. This is the actual job. Like if you don't step up uh, in some aspect of your job at work, no one sort of picks up the slack for you. You either do it or you learn to do it or you fucking get moved along. And, you know, Phil's moved himself along here because he has copped the wrath of the fucking, you know, surf loving, surf hating was fan <laughs> and uh, you know, they are a hot and cold bunch, but fair enough. I mean, they expect their world champ to fucking get to these places and, and put it in and, and put in a show. Like they're the ones at work going, fuck, I wish I had this life. And uh, if they have a world champion who doesn't represent their, you know, expectations, then of course that has to come. It has to come up with up uh, comeuppance mate. Like you, you can't just exist in this uh, sort of area of pro surfing that suits you and nowhere else and expect to be just fucking given a a clear run at it uh, by everyone else. And there was part of me thinking, is this guy actually preserving himself? Because, you know, when last year when we were talking about um, Chopes and what would Phil do at Chopes, like will he turn up and have a dig just to put the naysayers to rest and then win the world title or would he preserve himself, maybe not even turn up to the comp at all, So that he could get the win. And like part of me when when he was getting the zeros and then he pulled out of the comp was going, Is is, is he preserving himself for the Olympic gold medal? Like, are we going to, do you know what I mean? Like, was he sort of thinking long game and going, Well, I'm going to make the top five in a heartbeat. I don't want to get hurt in the first comp of the year. I'll just brush this comp and maybe focus on chopes. But clearly, that's just me looking for silver linings in a fucking gray cloudy
1: sky with no silver linings whatsoever Spivy I- the timing and the why of the retirement is such a fascinating question isn't I mean, it? it it came on the day that the women put on this show and essentially you were seeing uh you know 50 to 60 kilogram female pro surfers outsurf the reigning two-time men's world champ back to back world champ uh, in waves of consequence. Um, so I don't know if if that played into the decision that he'd just been absolutely shamed by the female side of the draw. Um, perhaps it was the fact that if he wins this year, he draws level with AI as a three straight winner. And And Mick
0: Fanning. And Mick Fanning, a guy who actually puts work in harder than anyone. You know, there's two there's two things at play there. You've got a fearless fucking unit with the most competitive, like aggressive competitiveness we've ever seen against the guy who went down that road of hardcore work ethic, man, like fucking no one put in the yards like Fanny. Um, So where does he place himself against these two guys?
1: Exactly. But, Three in a row, born back to back to back. All of it won in waves that are not over four foot. Like uh, you know, in, 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 it was crazy to watch during this broadcast. They were running this hurley ad, and, and it was it's it's Philippe Toledo doing a full rotation air reverse in a two foot slop and raising both hands a double pointed claim after nailing a shory full rotor, and it was just <laughs> the most jarring contrast. Mm. With both- that was unfolding in front of you and the announcement that had just been made and you're thinking, wow, like, where's this decision come from? Like, is, is it pure? Like, is he fully paying respect to the core? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of three straight. I'm not worthy of being mentioned in the same sentence as Andy Irons, a, a, another three straight winner. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I just wonder, like, pulling out uh, over so-called food poisoning, I mean, was it food poisoning Vaughn? Was Philippe Toledo literally shitting himself as round two was about to take place? Uh, Just absolutely. It was gaga. It was wacky do Vaughn. No shade (laughs) of Freud. was at Nietzschean levels. I mean, the 0.5, like that's almost a mathematical anomaly. You you basically get a a one for completing a takeoff, don't you? Mm. I mean, a, a point should be impossible, unless you have totally frozen over the worst case of a pocket asterisk since Neko Paterats refused to take off at shows. It it should be pretty much impossible. And I I, I found it so unbelievably hilarious as the final few seconds counted down in that uh, round one heat. I watched Toledo scratching for a wave, presumably to improve his Situation, his combined total of 0.5, and he actually got the wave, it seemed, just before the buzzer did a weird end bowl cutty. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, at least he's gotten out of the lowest combined total of all time. Mm. Like, no one's had less than a combined total of 0.5, I'm, I'm assuming. It's pretty much impossible. But instead, the WSL infographic fades over the screen and revealing the ride didn't count, so he does. Get stuck with the point five. And I almost feel like the call lords in the judging tower just fudge the numbers, fast-forwarded the buzzer a little bit, uh, just <laughs> so disgusted that they refused to judge that ride right, and an end bowl like that. Mate, wild, wild scenes. Uh really sad scenes. I feel for Felipe, man. He's never gonna live this down. You know, like he the asterisk should be there. He deserves an asterisk. CJ Hobgood has an asterisk like an actual asterisk on his world title. Man, the guy is one of the greatest ever to pack it. Mm. An absolute beast at Pipeline, has one of the greatest paddle waves ever at Chopes, yet has an asterisk on his 2001 world title because of a bunch of psychopathic Islamic jihadists. Yeah. It's a little
0: no, nah, it's outrageous, man. And I do feel for Phil. Uh, I feel like the the way it's been handled is super strange. Like I've seen people, you know, defending him and uh, defending his performances in heavy water, you know, across, across. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you know, Logan dulian from uh, the Snap series. He was like, I've seen this guy charge, man. I've, I've copped it. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, Jake Howard as well from Surf Magazine wrote a big, a big piece about sort of, you know, Phil being a great guy on that, but we're not, we're not, sh- we're not shitting on him as a human being, man. This is a, an athlete who is just unwilling to put it in and do the do the yards necessary as many have done before him, man. Like you mentioned Neko Pataras, Yeah. He got a zero, refused to take off on a wave at Chopes came back a year or two later and got a 10, you know, like, if you understand that you have a weakness, it's your responsibility as a fucking, as an employee, as a fucker, as someone who's getting paid as, as a figurehead to put in the yards, man. And that's all this is about. It's not attacking his, I mean, it's attacking his character in some ways, but it's not attacking him as a human being who we, you know, he's like you said, he's a great dad. He's a great friend. He probably supplies or, or provides for numerous people in his family and his entourage and, and whatnot. But this is a shameful chapter in pro surfing, man. Like, and, and where does he go from here, man? Like, where does he go? Like a year off, right? Tell me that he's going to straight back to Hawaii and uh, hang out with J-O-B or to Bas in or, or fucking the drolleys in Tahiti or, or Walshy and fucking the boys on Maui or fucking Russ Bierke on the South Coast or even freaking Connor McGuire in Ireland or Camel Gordon on the fringe of the South Horse deserts, maybe just
1: send him somewhere with Kona <laughs> Quants. Oh, yeah. Get him on the crowd. Get him on something. <laughs> Look, if I was – Philippe, I'd be headed straight for a cave in the Himalayas for at least a month long meditation retreat. Uh, you know, just a complete technology blackout. Lock out the noise, Felipe, because it is going to be deafening. And uh, after that, I'd pack my druid robe and head to another cave somewhere on Australia's coast and spend the next month holding vigil and meditating over any one of the dozens of slabs we have, have here, trying to figure out an entry point, uh, trying to figure out a line, because this guy needs to go back to the drawing board and develop what is a fundamental skill set for the modern professional surfer. Until then, he will only be known as the human asterisk in these decorated
0: hallways born i think that's well yeah, that yeah. Uh, mate he's got the skill that's what's maddening like if he applies just a little bit of work ethic and a bit more knowledge to these sorts of waves he could do it in a heartbeat mate like that's that's the truth but does he want it he's got to want it
2: he knows sunshine when she's gone oh. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. This house ain't no home.
1: Yeah. Get it, India. We'll go to India. <laughs> Born, biggest surprise. Well, yeah, it was Katie Simmers winning the Pipe Pro. The crystal ball did not show that one, but holy smokes, was she valiant at big suspect backdoor in the final.
0: Yeah, she was so fantastic, man. I just... Yeah, she caught us off guard, mate. We thought another year maybe of just sort of like, you know, wiping those rookie cobbies off. And I know she made the top five and, and she's a freak of her her time. But this, this sent a new benchmark. And as I said earlier, you know, the, the, the queens of yesteryear, the 13 world titles between them, Steph and Riss. I mean, this is just like revolving door. Out they go and in come the new guard, Katie Simmers at the very, you know, very at the top of the arrowhead there, Smithy. She's a, a bit of Tom Curran. She's a bit of Dane Reynolds. She's got a bit of everything there. And uh, I just feel like this, this is the also, it's not just about a performance shift for women surfing, it's a culture shift, man. We're starting to see and really appreciate these like wild characters from different areas all over the world. It's not just like, you know, rolling up your sleeves and fighting for every fucking penny that you got to get, which, you know, nullifies your inner person. Like if, if you're just fucking wondering where your next pay packet's coming from or where your next burger's coming from and do I have enough fuel to get to the next comp, you're not really going to be able to show who you are as a human being in those sorts of scenarios. So, you know, women surfing at a place now where we're where getting to uh, really understand the personalities and, and get to meet these women properly. And uh, I just think it, it you know, it augers well, my friend, it augers well, Smithy, for a golden age of women surfing. And I think we've just seen it really kick off. I mean, we were blessed to have Riz and Steph. They are two of the all time greats. They will always be, but uh, this, this feels real special. And, and I feel like the Molly Katie rivalry even is just building. Well, Hey, like, you know, how many more knockdowns is the pickle going to cop before she starts throwing a few uppercuts, even a few cheeky elbows, get the blades involved, mate. <laughs>
1: Best performance, Simmerzy Bra got the biscuits, but I'm going with the pickle on this one. Vaughn, call me one-eyed, but the Shelly Beach psychopath had Smitty screaming, "Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy, bust out that door, Queen!" When she got one up on Betty Lou, uh, and when she knifed that backdoor death trap in the in the uh, in the final, uh, what is it? Four starts at Pipeline she's had, uh, and in that uh, a Vans Pipe Masters crown, a Vans Pipe Masters running up, and a Lexus Pro. Pipe run up, not bad.
0: Yeah, definitely performer of the event. That was the heat I wanted to watch more than any. I, if Molly was in a heat, I honestly, man, I, I was just going, they're the heats I want to watch. She she just she gives it so much attitude, doesn't she? She respects it, but she wants it. And she really fucking goes after it, man. That, that's the kind of surfing I can get behind. I think most of Australia has a new favorite surfer too. Fucking
1: earth. Uh breakthrough. Vermona was, you know. Betty, uh, sorry, Katie Simmons is the obvious choice, but for mine, I think we saw the coming of age of, of Betty Lou, Secura Johnson. I can't remember a professional surfer with more names than Betty Lou, Secura Johnson, <laughs> nor can I have one that punches this far above her weight. I mean, when you're a featherweight in a heavyweight arena like Solid Pipe and backdoor you have to be so precise so technically supreme so in tune with the ocean and your equipment just to manage the volumes of water and weight and power at play i have no idea how she does it and uh yeah look katie simmons is in a similar category another featherweight punching above her weight um, all the women are fuck the, the inertia and sheer magnitude of those kinds of conditions it, it It doesn't seem like it's within the realms of of physical strength, but it's there. It is. It's fully possible. We just watched it unfold. When you rock up on the beach and see how fast those lumps are moving and see how quick they hollow out and the noise they make, it's scary shit. And you just fucking – you just have to give it up for for the girls in this one. They went fucking ballistic. And and Betty Lou – yeah, look, I thought she got robbed. I thought – uh, that drop was more critical than Molly's. It was more under the lip. Uh that it all happens in a bit slower motion when you're watching it live. When they that little bobble seemed to take an age for her to recorrect and, and find her rail and mm-hmm. yeah, incredible performance. Mate, the judges saw it differently. She's my breakthrough performer.
0: Yeah, I had uh, I had Betty Lou as well, and I also had Crosby. I just thought he stepped up beautifully, as as we mentioned before. Just you know, to see him come in there and just hit a wave where he's obviously so at home. And yeah, if he had a little bit of first round jitters, he just fucking got rid of them so quick, man. And he just looked at home. He he looked at home. He looked at home not just in that uh, environment of that wave, but just in the environment of the tour. I just feel like this guy could really cause some pretty big upsets this year. We'll see how it goes. You're like, It's not uncommon to see those rookies smivvy you know, come out of the gates, have a couple of good results. We've seen it many times, actually. I think Laura Ennever got a third in her first event ever. That was at Snapper and then sort of struggled to get anything after that. Uh, Connor O'Leary, I think, might've uh, got a ninth or something. So, you know, these guys... They can they can come out of the gates flaring, um, but these first two waves really suit Crosby. I think Sunset will be friendly to him as well. So big breakthrough for him to just uh, you know uh, step up to the hype because everyone was really looking forward to what he could do out there as well.
1: What does it all mean? Well, it means we've just <laughs> entered a golden age of women's surfing. As we said at the top of the program, and yeah, like you mentioned, Bourne, this will no doubt bring a tear to the eyes of your Rochelle Ballards, Jody Coopers, Rel Sons, Lane Beachley, Megan and Bubo, Kiala Kennelly, and on all the rest who battled for a place in these male-dominated heavy water lineups over the years. Uh, massive changing in the guard, as mentioned. Steph and Chrissa did not step away from tour surfing. <laughs> Mate, it's wild. They couldn't have left at a better time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Molly's coach, micro, uh, he, he had tears in his eyes, claimed that that Sammy with her and Betty Lou was the best heat he's ever seen. And the guy has watched 10,000 heats during his 27 year QS campaign. Mm. Subsequent super coach status. It was all about the women at this event. Uh, as good as the men's finals and that the the men were on, on, on day one. Uh, really what it all means is that we are in a golden age of women surfing.
0: Yeah, man, I, I, that's 100% what this event will be remembered for. It was just uh, it was a golden moment. It, it's, a ch- it's a changing moment. It's a, it's, a, it's a line in the sand. It's the fuck. It's everything. It's everything that women's surfing, uh, we've seen coming and brewing and simmering for a long time now. And it just all came to pass at this event. Shout out to Isabella Nichols, who also packed some on the, the really good day as well. Uh, on the men's side of things, Smitty, what it all means is feel gone, brother the fucking trestle's curse has been lifted and you just watch, you watch the fuck, you watch him come out of the woodwork now because uh, really, I mean, it, it killed people's enthusiasm thinking I've got to get to Phil at the end of this and somehow, you know, conjure up some sort of small wave performance that can match his. That's gone, bro. That is over. Check you later. Finito. And uh, John, John engaged. A second place, you know, he he is where every pro surfer and fan of pro surfing wants him to be. Like top of the rankings, like re-engaged, feeling the fucking energy. Had a couple of like close calls that went his way. Uh, I feel like he's gonna be even more excited at the idea of, of Phil not being at the end of the end of the year. Uh Ethan had a good comp, even though uh he got done by Connor. He's where he wants to be, you think, well poised. Uh, Jackie Robbo will be steaming after that loss in those conditions. He'll be out at sunset, mate. The men's has just had the doors blown off the hinges by Phil walking away. It is fucked up how open it is now. And imagine what Medina's thinking, mate. Imagine being Gabe Medina right now.
1: Amazing. Yeah. What a what a year we've got coming up. Yeah. Fascinating. Sunset is Getting underway any day now. Uh, they're all heating up and warming up out there. It's a full-blown bludgeon fest. Don't go near Sunset Point in the next few days because there's a million CT people out there trying to get their reps in. Borno, I will speak to you soon, my friends. The sun has set here in the McDonald's car park at Haliava. The chickens have disappeared, so it's time for me also to disappear.
0: Enjoy that Pakalolo brand, uh, Svivi. And, uh, mate, the queens are dead. Long live the Queen. He's the 2012 Pipeline Master. He's the surfer, surfer too. He's a Sunny Coast coolie legend. He's trained to Timbuktu. When it comes to professional surfing, he's our Swellian guru. If anyone knows, you know who knows? Parkos knows. Parkos knows. Alright, well, our pipe is a wrap. But joining us right now on Ain't That's Well for a quick, quick Sunset Pro Preview is the three-time champ from Sunset, Joel Parkinson. G'day, Parko.
2: Yeah, Vorno.
0: Welcome back, mate.
2: Thanks, mate.
0: Jeez, had a good time with you in, uh secret left-hand Pacific Reef break, mate. Real fun.
2: <laughs> It was amazing. Watching you knew to do laybacks in some big pits was great.
0: Oh, I'll put them up on Instagram soon, mate. Everyone will get to share it with me. <laughs> I love a yeah. perso. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no,
0: mate, it was amazing watching you surf over there. And, um, you know, obviously uh, we were sitting on the boat watching heats from Pipeline. Just a couple of your takeaways from that event, uh, particularly, you know, getting home and checking out the finals. Yeah, our
2: finals, that was epic, um, you know. I, I i find it's just hard not to say girls stole the show The yeah. girls just completely stole the show it's they you have never seen a level of surfing jump so drastically from they they took women surfing on its biggest biggest step i've ever seen mm. that was incredible what they were doing and that was i uh, was insane it was a pleasure to watch and And cool. Now I can't wait to watch them at sunset. I can't wait to watch them everywhere now. It's just like they are charges harder than ever.
0: It's crazy, isn't it? Like the past couple of years, it's amazing, like you said, the the level uh, and the leap that has been made. Because in the past couple of years, like they were craving the opportunity to get out in that surf. And they finally get it. And within two years, you're seeing stuff like what Molly was doing, just the full body drag, like that technique, that absolute, like w- like, just wanting it so badly, not just holding on, man, but actually attacking it. It was just a m- fucking astonishing.
2: Yeah, exactly. Positioning too. Like pipes are hard, like getting position always all. right position, right, and right, right, you know depth of everything was written deep like foam balls going on like you know that's just amazing they just set a level for for all the next generation to come through it you know that's the way where the, that's where their uh that's where their meter is now
0: it is man and um far out dude like i've just ch- checked our swell line forecast this morning telling people in low-lying low areas on the North Shore to start packing up and get ready to evacuate. Like, we're looking at some pretty huge swells hitting the North Shore in the next few days. Like, what, what do you think, man? Like, is, is this forecast... Uh, what's the best sunset for you? Is it, is it 15, to 18-foot West Peak Rollins, like the old sort of uh, 80s surf movies when Kong and, and those guys went ballistic out there? Or do you prefer sort of like the sunset that sort of comes in and, and hits the peak or, or sort of runs down the point more.
2: Yeah, I prefer I prefer like uh like a north west, not like northwest. I prefer it so to the really the inside bowl, you connect that kind of like you want to have a bit more north in it, with a touch west, not too much. So you just wanted to be able to get the peak. And sometimes you can even get that slingshot like where your wave is like a six foot, maybe eight footer that turns Comes across into a you know eight to ten foot sidewinder and then it goes through the bowl mm. like the old Elko days and stuff. I just think it's freaking such a risk and so it's so uh, it's a great for a spectator, but as a as a surfer, it there's just so many variables from from getting cleaned up and breaking your leg or your board to, to all the things you know. Um, it's really cool to to watch. I think as a spectator because you just see absolute carnage. And it was cool to surf if you're on the right side of that heap, but it was terrible on the back side so if you're on the wrong side of it.
0: Oh, for sure, man. Um, what do you make of the old guys who say, you know, the, the crew sitting under the peak and just getting barreled and doing a floater or a cutty are uh, uh, just only surfing a third of the wave? Do you do you buy into that at all?
2: Oh, not really. I mean, it's like any surf. Con, like good surfing wins in the end, right? Yeah. I mean, if someone does, yeah, just does it just doesn't it, take off. It's a a crazy pit and does a crazy turn or a crazy float, then yeah, it's crazy. You know, to me, it's just good surfing wins. all. You know, oh, there is the purists and all that, but there's still a good surfing always comes out.
0: It does, man. Um, I guess the, the easiest place to start here uh, as we look at the athletes and uh, the positioning of people on the rankings and stuff is that the defending champ at sunset isn't going to be there. Uh, what do you make of, of Phil withdrawing from the uh, this year's CT? Oh, he,
2: yeah, he must have a lot going on. He must have a lot going on. Um, you know, he, even from the make or break that he did, he, he talked about some of his uh, struggles mentally and stuff. So there must be, there must be something uh, definitely going on. In his life at the moment I guess you just wish him all the best I mean It is only sport And it's only surfing um, mm. So uh, You know Your longevity of life Is much more important than, than that But You know It sucks that we don't get to see him And You know everyone, everyone knows Everyone jumped on the bandwagon At bloody Pipe And kind of roasted him on Insta And all the keyboard warriors stuff But You know Now that he's taken the tour, You know It must be pressure a lot of pressure on him and maybe he needs a little break
0: Mm, yeah true that man i mean uh i've kind of of the opinion that like regardless of that uh headspace there's a duty when you're a, a world champion to sort of like work on your weaknesses and and be able to step up in conditions that you know uh I don't think it's unfair for the surfing public, especially fans of pro surfing, to expect their world champs to, you know, at least have a fair income crack in, in waves of, of mortal consequence.
2: Definitely. Especially, uh, that, you're very right there, I guess we struggle with mental stuff, but take that away as an athlete and as a competitor. I think gastro call was a bit funny, because that's like me. No one. You don't get many chances to win a point. Masters gastro or no gastro, nothing's going to stop you. You know, the only thing to stop you is a broken leg or, you know, a broken back or, you know, an injury like you'd suffered to stop you paddling back out. There's no gastro wouldn't. I don't know any of those guys that I would have competed against that gastro would have stopped them. No, you go and tell Andy or someone that you got gastro. He'd be like, I don't care. I can sit myself on the next set if I have to. I'm out there. I'm trying. So yeah. Um so I think uh, that's why I was like, well, maybe Gastro was the wrong excuse to use for that day. But, uh, yeah, you do. There is a duty as a world champ to, you know, to be a part of it um, and, you know, try hardest, I guess. Mm. And, yeah, but, uh, who knows what he's going through.
0: True, true. It's a tricky one. But uh, on the uh, – not the flip side of the coin or anything, but, I mean, uh, as a result of Phil pulling out, it makes Trestle sort of a little bit more mouthwatering, don't you think? It's uh, sort of opened a door here for crew who might have been looking at him as a, a bit of an unsurmountable uh, obstacle at the end of the year, and all of a sudden, that's gone. So, uh, it's sort of like...
2: Definitely, doors definitely. open, man. Definitely. And then also, I didn't actually know if he said, does he just take the year off and there's no Olympics either?
0: I don't think he's, he's mentioned the Olympics. I'd be uh, – I part of me was actually thinking, fuck, is he just preserving himself for the Olympics? Yeah, this is just I all don't, to don't my with, mind too, but
2: you kind of got to be – you can't just go in blind. You need to put a few heats under your belt before yeah. the Olympics,
0: don't you? Yeah? yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, I know there's going to be pressure for Gabe to get into that team. There's still one spot left at the ISAs. Uh, I know you and yeah. I are kind of looking at Hoggy and Callanan and a few other people to get it. But yeah. – uh, but, mate, look, let's uh, just have a quick look at Sunset based on uh, what you saw at Pipe. You know, uh, it looks like O'Leary uh, has hit a good little gold vein of form. If there's a backhand surfer who can match it for power, he's the guy. Uh, Ethan yep. Ewing beat Goat at Pipe. Jack Robertson didn't have uh, the best start to the year, so he'll be fizzing. Like, where, where do you expect to see the fireworks in this one?
2: Um, so it's big survival sunset. I see John and Jack. Been pretty unstoppable. I think John, John, in most of the conditions, unless it's tiny, shitty Sunset Point or Valles Reef, it's. Uh, but the forecast looks really good for for them. I think Ethan, Ethan, will be incredible. I think he just got to do. He, he's just got to go through his motions out there, and you know, um, I think. But you know, John and and um, Jack attack it. So I'm going to go with them too.
0: Yeah, and do you think? Uh, Mamiya will keep His form rolling mate We've seen it. Like you know uh, You've you've won the first Two comps of the year before Wilco's done it um, Magic can happen And he's a former Champ there too
2: Yeah I know For sure And he's really Really good out there too Anything's possible For sure Yeah um, Yeah And he's going to come in With a pretty good seed So Definitely uh, Definitely a chance That I definitely see him being quarters and beyond for sure.
0: Mm. What about bolters, man? Anyone in the draw, like a Lobby or a, a, an Arcal or, oh, far out. I mean, there's actually some pretty sick yeah. surfers down the tail end there. Those two yeah. percenters are all big dudes like uh, Cole Houseman. Hey, oh, and-
2: I'd love to see that. That's what I was going to say. I really yeah. want to see him open up. I know, and that wave suits him. So I'd love to see him open up with uh, just show his power and his you know muscle that way. Especially
0: I was talking to Luke, Egan about him. Luke just had so many wrappers on him. So I just can't wait to see him open up. Yeah. What about Goat, mate? <laughs> this is Goat uh, has really been not completely sort of there with his uh, heat performances in the past. But well, basically, since he won Pipe, I don't think he's done troubled sort of the back end of the draw at all. Do you? Like, he hates sunset. Everyone knows it. Is he? Is he capable of pulling off something shocking out there?
2: Yeah, well, mate I, I don't think. Maybe he sounds like his hips don't even that good, so I don't know. I think it might be Yeah, I don't know. It's time to maybe have a to have a chill. <laughs> just uh yeah. you know, have a relaxed, go on a surf trip and, you know take a wild card here or there if you want, but I think sunset is Sunset's not, not for Kelly. It has never he's never really been a fan of it and uh, at this point in his uh, career and what he probably with saw here, he's probably not, probably not up for it. Like he's probably up for it mentally but physically maybe not be up for
0: it. Yeah man, I mean uh, I think Kelly's just lurking around, this is my theory anyway he'll probably call me out on it but um, feels like he's just lurking around in case the US win that last ISA spot because uh, you'd imagine they'd be happy to sort of send him out an Olympian. Mm-hmm.
2: I reckon for sure. And that's what if he's got to go through the motions and surf a few comps, so be it. And I tell you what, if that happens, oh I thought for you know if there's ever a fairy tale that that bloke is a, like he's he's a type of fairy tale. We all thought fairy tale was pipe, but maybe the real fairy tale is up. So, Alim-
0: imagine Olympic gold medal draped around the goat's neck.
2: <laughs> It'd be fitting though, wouldn't <laughs> it?
0: Mate, what about yeah. the women? What about the women? Um, I think Molly and uh, Caroline both have uh, wins out there. I, I can't I- – like, Katie Simmers, man, I can't write her off anymore. Like, I thought she was too little for, for big pipe and backdoor, and she proved us wrong there. Like, she's a once-in-a-generation talent, but seems like there's a whole handful of them in uh, women surfing at the moment.
2: Definitely. <laughs> I guess you got – yeah, I think Caroline's probably disappointed with pipes, so, and she's all that backhand. Mate, she's just got to do that one turn, three or four times on a way. One one turn on a way like that, she's incredible. Um, yeah, I hopefully, hopefully they, you know, they still get to throw them out to real Jews too. So because they're just they're stepping every, they're stepping up every time they're in the, in the proper start.
0: Yeah. It just blows my mind that uh, I thought when Steph and Carissa both retired, I was like, wow, the women's tour is going to feel so thin this year. It's going to feel like a lacking a bit of star power and that. Mate, I didn't even notice that Steph and Carissa were, were, were gone. Like, that's just how fucking sort of dominant and like uh, uh, you just eye-gluing that, those performances were. I, I
2: reckon we'll see it again at sunset. Yeah, no, for sure. Maybe they saw it coming and went, i got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that <laughs> feeling? Have you had that feeling before? <laughs> yeah, Yes, <far around. laughs> I got it. Yeah, with the data, Geordie stuff, and like that was back in the day, but maybe not. We were still kind of, I guess, towards the end of our prime, but. Eventually, then the John and the Gabe's and all that come in. I was like, oh no, <laughs> here we go.
0: <laughs> oh, that's all time, mate. Tell us, um, just a, a, as a sort of a, a final word here, what does it take to win at Sunset? I mean, you hear it's not unusual for Sunset to have multiple of the same champion. Like, it's like people just find a rhythm with it. They either love it or they hate it. Like, what, what do you think the ingredient is to to get the vic- victory out there?
2: Uh, mate, For me it was really uh, more so than uh, like the surfing, the, the surfing ability and all that, it was more so the read of it, like to get to just to on that day to go this swell, this way, this this is the spot to sit, get to surf it a bunch of times to get to know where to sit, where you want to be for, you know, where the best scoring are. and then if you got one then maybe you're back up and it's like real strategic. And I think it's like, like, um, for sure, I know that's why it's got so many multiple champs, multiple guys, and then certain people surfing suits it too. So i such a good studier of that wave. That's why I think it was Mr Sunset. he just, you know, see some wedge from backyards coming across, then it was from camis, and he'd watch it all connect. It'd be like, thats up been break, you know, pop. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's just a, it's just a mate. It's like kind of the the better you know it, the better off you'll be, and when you're surfing it, that's yeah, definitely sounds silly, almost too obvious. It but. is
2: really yeah, too. But it is like, and you know, some people just don't like it, and <laughs> if you don't like it, then you're probably not going to do that good out
0: there. <laughs> yeah, true, mate. Hey, um, world champs, Parker. Who are they going to be this year? Oh, I, it's so exciting, man. Like, there, there's. It's just without Phil there, I just can see Gabe getting reinvigorated. I see John, John going, here's a great opportunity. Uh, Even though, you know, I know that both those guys would rather have it in big barrels. You've got Ethan going, like, fuck, I can win at trestles. And Jack Robbo's already said that if you want to be world champ, you've got to beat everyone in every condition. So there's a lot of, you know, positive headspace going into it. But I just feel like that carrot of Phil being gone is just too big to ignore. Everyone's going to sort of ramp it up.
2: Yep, for sure. And I reckon, you know oh, especially when Ethan kinda Ethan gets into his strengths like the bells and the J Bays and stuff and then you know he's destined for that five. Mm. Trestles like it was last year. I I really even think uh, if it's a standards of surfing last year, I think uh, I find it hard that if John could match that, uh, that trestles. I mean, that was the best surgeon we've ever seen. So, Gabe probably could. He could probably go a bit more to the air and a bit more trick stuff that he could probably match it. Um, and I thought Phil was the only guy who could match Ethan with, with with that rail and technique and speed through through the turns. Yeah. Yeah, mate.
0: Well, it's uh, all basically set up for a pretty magic year storylines are just all time and um we'll, yeah we'll and check. then what
2: about the chicks you reckon katie simmons wins a world title
0: oh man look i i actually just totally forgot about griffin and, and uh Canella and just how hungry they'll be now that phil's out of the way as well to get that home oh, hometown exactly. final as well katie exactly. man it, I, it's the katie molly thing could actually just leave everyone in the dust i, I just i feel it like even caroline and all that are going to have to step up just to meet the pure drive that those two women have. They look ready to fucking go at it.
2: Yeah, like back in the day when Kelly and Andy just went one, they'd win one, they'd win the next one, they were just back and forth, hey?
0: Yeah, it's got that, don't you reckon it's got that whiff about it? And then, you know. Federer
2: and Adal stuff.
0: Oh, and wait till like Sierra Kerr starts getting up there and a few of the other uh, young women who are just sort of on that level uh, in terms of being able to do tricks and airs and all that stuff too.
2: Absolutely.
0: Nah, it's exciting, man. Uh, but, yeah, Katie's going to be the obvious, I think. Yeah, I
2: think so too.
0: Awesome, part. Oh, let's up. go, Molly.
2: Yeah, of right, course. Cheers. On thanks, your brother. Thanks, Fauna. Talk you soon, too, legend. Have a good one. Competition surfing.
0: Rashes. Yeah. Baby, I can't get that. I Ain't that surprising?
1: to our nerdy